Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, Massachusetts. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, wherever you are. Uh, today's message will be the bowls of God's wrath, the seven bowls of God's wrath. And uh, Joe is going to shortly read chapter 16, of Revelation chapter 16, the first 10 verses. Last week's uh, message on chapter 15 was really an introduction to this chapter 16 to prepare us to learn more about God's final judgment on the earth called the seven bowl judgments and that's what this message will be all about at least half of it this week amen thanks joe good morning we're going to be reading chapter 16 we're on page 1930 and then i heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the river and the springs of water, and they became blood. And then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, You are just in these judgments. You who are and who were the Holy One, because you have so judged, for they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets. And you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord, God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was given the power to scorch the people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony. Praise be to God. Thank you, Joe, very much. So we're really going to cover five bowl judgments today. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here. We thank you for the ones that are here, the ones that will be watching and listening. And uh, we do need understanding of your word, which is true. And these things uh, are predicted, prophesied, that will take place in the future. So uh, really, we need to be informed of what's going to happen and also to be grateful that 
your church will not have to go through these horrible judgments that will surely fall on this earth in the future. So give us understanding, may we be tuned in, concentrate, and not be distracted and learn something and be blessed by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. All right. So these events that uh, are prophesied, that are written down, these are a literal, not a spiritual. These are a literal explanation of what will happen during, at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. These uh, bowls of God's wrath, they're going to be poured out. They contain God's wrath, and they have to be poured out before Jesus can return and set up his kingdom on earth. That has to happen because no unbeliever will be allowed to enter in to the millennial kingdom. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So these first four bowls of his wrath will be poured out on different areas of nature, literally. Events that happen are real and the result of God unleashing his last and final judgments upon the earth. Like I said, no unbeliever will be allowed to enter in to the 1,000-year millennial kingdom reign of Jesus Christ. Only believers will be there. We'll be there too. His church, plus people that are saved during the tribulation period, the tribulation saints. All the creation will be affected by this wrath. The earth, the sea, and all that is in them belong to God. Amen? He created them all, and he has the right to destroy them all. Amen? They are, creation is his handiwork. And man, man is the head of his creation, you know, top of the food chain. But man became subject to the kingdom of Satan when sin came in. At the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, that's where it all went wrong. And uh, through Satan's influence and his evil spirits, he makes mankind do his evil deeds because of the sin nature that we are born with. Creation is now stained by sin after man chose, and woman, to disobey God. And now we're all suffering the consequences, aren't we? one form or another. Mankind is totally dependent upon God's creation. And it's through creation that also, if you read Romans chapter 1, that God reveals himself. So it says that man is without excuse. God has revealed himself through creation. So really, unless a person really hardens their heart to the point of convincing themselves that there is no God, really there's no real atheists in this world because all you have to do is look at God's creation and see his handiwork, that he made that happen. The fifth bowl judgment will be poured out on the kingdom of the beast 
otherwise known as the Antichrist. The sixth bowl judgment prepares for the battle, or really the war, of Armageddon, which, Lord willing, we'll learn about in a couple of weeks. The seventh and final bowl judgment, it's going to affect the atmosphere, or the air we breathe. And these, all these effects of these bold judgments, these final bold judgments, we've had the trumpet bold judgments and the seal judgments. Now we've, we're going to get the bold judgments we're going to learn about today and Lord willing in a couple of weeks. They contain these plagues. It's going to be universal and complete. There'll be no escaping them for all the people that are on the face of the earth during the tribulation period. All living things will perish. And I remember we learned about the seal judgments in previous messages. Uh, one of them, one of the seal judgments, it affected a third of the world's population. It didn't wipe them all out, just a third. Also, the second trumpet judgment, it tells us that a third <coughs> of the world's population will be eliminated. Not three-thirds, just a third. Remember those? But these bold judgments are absolute and final, affecting everybody on the face of the earth during that latter half of the tribulation period. But of course, the church will not be there. They're going to be taken out prior to the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. It's referred to as the first resurrection. We're going to be resurrected when we meet the Lord in the air. And thank God we will. Just quickly uh, zoom over. You don't need to, but I'll go to it. We'll get there eventually as well. Revelation 20 and verse 5 and 6. I'll read it. All right, let's, let's, let's read a little bit earlier. So they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. And blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and will reign with him, guess what, for a thousand years. All right. So let's take a closer look at these bold judgments then. What are these plagues that will be poured out, referred to as God's wrath, on the face of the earth? Well, the first bold judgment it's going to be poured out on the dry land. And the result is that people that are going to be suffering through this time period, all of them, they're going to receive these ugly, painful sores. It's going to break out on all the people that have the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. I mean, we're hearing about this monkeypox thing as well. Have you seen photographs of those people that have that horrible, tremendous disease. It's wicked. It's very, very wicked. It may be something like that. It could be like uh, hemorrhoids, you know, 
God did that before in the Old Testament. You wrote that song, Mammy, I walk a million miles if it weren't for me piles. My mammy. Anyway, a, a pile is a hemorrhoid. It's another name. Rick can edit that out for us later if you don't want to hear it. Uh, this first plague, it's, um, it's going to affect the crops as well. All the vegetation that mankind is dependent upon. Everything's going to be destroyed. There's, there's going to be no relief. You know, and even uh, the natural medicines will no longer be available since the earth will not provide the healthy plants to alleviate the suffering. You know, there's not going to be a, a tube of preparation H anywhere to be found. Sorry about that. The second bowl judgment will be poured out upon the sea. It turns to blood, and everything in it will die. You may remember that the second trumpet judgment, God turned a third of the sea into blood, killed a third of the life force within it. This is going to be complete and final. 100% of the people that have the mark of the beast will perish. Everything in the sea will die. The sea will turn to blood, nothing will survive. The second bold judgment is going to affect 100% of living creatures in the sea, on the sea, everything. The sea will no longer be any good for providing food because it will literally be turned to blood. God did it back in the Old Testament, remember? In Egypt, he can do it again, and he will. The third bold judgment is going to be poured out on the rivers and the freshwater springs. It's also going to be turned to blood. So just imagine having to go through this and, and, and their desperation and distress and with unquenchable thirst because they're not able to drink the water due to the fact it's polluted. There's going to be no relief. And quite possibly, a lot of the people going through that will be forced to drink blood. And we'll probably kind of prove that shortly in this verse that we'll read. Now the fourth bold judgment is going to be poured out on the Son, whom God created. It's his creation. Created by God, is going to allow the Son to increase in temperatures. So much so, then everyone is going to be scorched by it. There's going to be no relief. It's so oppressive, it's going to affect all the crops, all the animals that will surely die, along with people that have the mark of the beast. They're going to die of heat stroke. They're going to die of thirst. Horrible. There'll be no relief for anybody. No place to find help or comfort from anybody. The whole earth will be filled with the wrath of God. Now let me zoom back to hear what Jesus had to say about this. Another prophecy. 
Luke chapter 21, for those that take notes, 25 I believe, 25 and 26. What did Jesus say about this, this prophecy that's going to take place? Yeah, he talks about this, written down by one of his prophets, Luke 21, 25, 26. Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Also, let's have got the New Testament. Let's go back to the Old Testament. The prophet Malachi talks about this as well. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1, talking about the day of the Lord. She said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. So it's going to happen. It's written in the word of God. It will take place. These bold judgments, the final Last and final bold judgments. So there's a, a, there's a combined effect of these bowls of wrath, these plagues that will be poured out. The Bible, we know, teaches that the Antichrist is going to establish his kingdom on earth during the tribulation period. He's going to unite, unite all the nations. He's going to have absolute power on earth, not for very long. His kingdom will be one of luxury and prosperity and peace. He makes a peace compact with Israel at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. Halfway through, he's going to break that compact and turn on Israel. It's going to be a time of luxury, peace, and prosperity, but only for those who will receive the mark of the beast. But people that get saved during the tribulation period, the people of God, the future people of God, not the church, who refuse to get the mark of the beast, they're not going to be able to buy or sell because they don't have the mark. It's going to be on their hand, right hand, and on their forehead. And many... Believers are going to die for their faith. They're certainly going to be persecuted for their faith in Christ, and many will lose their lives. They're going to be martyred for their faith. But when these bowls of wrath are poured out, things are going to change. God shows who's powerful. God shows who's going to, who is all-powerful, who is almighty, the one who has the ultimate power over creation and everything in it. God's going to take away all the resources that were given to those who followed the beast, that were kept from the saints, 
during the second half of the tribulation period. God takes all the blessings away from these people that have the mark, that followed the Antichrist. So the people left on the earth that have the mark of the beast, then they're not going to be able to buy and sell either. All the benefits that they had under the power and control of the Antichrist, it's all going to be taken away. Why? Because they chose to follow the, the Antichrist instead of following Jesus and receiving him as their saviour. They've got plenty of opportunity. They'll definitely hear the gospel, but they choose. I mean, imagine if you were living in that time period and you've got children and you know that unless you receive the mark of the beast, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. So some people are going to starve because they can't, they can't buy food. They can't get food anywhere. So it's going to be a lot of pressure on the people during that time period. They say, well, you know, for the sake of my family, I better take the mark, and then I'll be able to buy and sell and, you know, feed my family. So you can imagine it's going to be a horrendous time. But God's going to take all those blessings away that were given to the people that have the mark. Really, this is a payback time. It's a time of indication for the suffering saints during the tribulation period that suffered persecution and deprivation. Now listen to what the angels said when the third bold judgment would be poured out. You are just in these judgments. It's not God's fault. They brought it upon themselves. God is a God of justice. You know, there may not be a lot of justice in this world, but one day there will be. You are just in these judgments. You are, and you who were the Holy One, because you have so judged. For they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. Remember when I said, because there'll be no fresh water to drink, most likely, they're going to resort to drinking blood. You have given them blood to drink as they deserve. Could be, it's horrible. So the enemies of God are going to get what they deserve because they shed the blood of the saints. And their blood, the ones that shed the blood of the saints, their blood's going to be shed as well. That's what it says, verse 7. Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. It's not God's fault. Another effect of these judgments, it causes the, uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist to completely disintegrate. He ruled and reigned for a while, but that's going to all end. And eventually it's going to lead to the Battle of Armageddon, which we'll learn about, Lord willing, in the future. So the question I had how will people respond after the fourth, fifth, and the seventh plague judgments are poured out? How will they respond? Instead of calling upon the name of the Lord to save them, what do they do? They curse God. They blaspheme his name because they know these judgments are his doing. They, they still don't repent of their sins, 
They don't give glory to God because their hearts are so hardened. Even the suffering that they'll go through, they'll still continue to rebel and curse God even more than they did before. Which shows it's only the grace of God that can soften a person's heart and draw them to repent and humbly turn to him for forgiveness. That's God's grace, unmerited favor. Without God's grace, people's hearts become even harder when judgment finally does come. This proves it. Couldn't get any worse on the earth. But what do they do? They curse God, they blaspheme God. So it makes you wonder, you know, why does adversity and suffering cause some people to draw near to God while others will just walk away from God? I don't know the answer to that. Could it be that those walk away from God never really had a true change of heart at all? Is that possible? I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? If there was a real conversion experience. So now, knowing what's going to happen to the ungodly on this planet, you know, we ought to thank God every day. Because we're not, going, we're not subject to his wrath. Amen? Because of his grace alone. We've been spared these judgments. And God's wrath to come, which will surely come. Now Christ, in Christ, we're no longer objects of his wrath. We were before we were Christians. The wrath of God abided upon us. The condemnation was on us. But because of his loving mercy, he revealed Christ to us and we were saved. This is to what Moses had to say, amongst other things. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. God's grace does not depend on man's effort to be saved, but on God's mercy, amen? It's all because of God's mercy. Jesus Christ died so we wouldn't have to experience the wrath of God, because the wrath of God was poured out on him on Calvary's cross. Familiar verse, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his love for us in why we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? We've been saved from God's wrath because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Should have a few amens. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the good shepherd who bore the wrath of God on our behalf. We now have become part of his family, part of his flock. We're his sheep. He is the good shepherd. You know, it's, it's hard to understand 
many things in the Word of God, obviously. But one of those things difficult to understand is how God would allow his only beloved son to suffer and die for you and me. Would you do that? Would you allow your son to go through what Jesus went through? No way. No way. But God did it. Why? Because God is a God of love. That's how much he loves you and loved me, even though we're unlovely. Speaking for myself, of course. So, unless we understand the justice of God, we'll never understand or fully appreciate the Holy Creator's hatred of sin. We, we can't understand it. We can't. Not really. Because we're fallen creatures. Now, I hope, I mean, read and studied these wraths, these plagues that are going to be poured out, that will be poured out to come. To be more conscious of our own sins. May we live each day holy lives knowing how much God hates sin. Not because we fear God is going to strike us down with a bolt of lightning. Because he hates sin. And he demonstrated that by sending his son. That's how much God hates sin. He, he couldn't have demonstrated it clearer than he did. God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. We've escaped God's wrath due to the sacrifice of his son. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us with a pure love. Let's always remember to thank Jesus every day for the price that he had to pay so we wouldn't have to bear the punishment that we deserve. Boy, I think the more closer to God you become, you're more aware of how sinful we are. We ought to. Because of Jesus, we don't have to bear the wrath of God for our sins that we've committed. That will be poured out on the spiritually dead. They're spiritually dead. Yeah, they're alive physically, but they're spiritually dead. They don't have any life in them. They've never been regenerated. They've never been born again. But they had that choice to choose to take the mark of the beast instead of suffering for Christ and receiving him as savior. Of course, you know, being members of the church, not First Baptist Church in Coleraine, the church, the body of Christ, we're all gonna suffer in one form or another. Jesus told us that. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We're all, we're all going to suffer one form or another. But not going to suffer like these tribulation saints are going to suffer. And the persecution and the beheadings, they're going to suffer that during the tribulation period. But 
You know, there's nothing to compare. And they're looking ahead to one day. Regardless, you know, gonna, they can kill the body. They, they can make me suffer, but I'm going to be with the Lord one day. So they can kill the body, but they, they can't kill my spirit. They can't kill my soul. And it's, it's a, a brief amount of suffering for a very short time. And that's us. Some of you are suffering in one form or another. But we need to look ahead that one day we're going to be out of that suffering. We're going to be no more suffering, no more pain, no more troubles. It's all going to be done away with when we get to heaven. There's going to be nothing compared to the glory that awaits all those that have received Jesus Christ as their personal saviour. Nothing to compare with that. So we've got a lot to look forward to. You know, anyone who's been around uh, people that are dying, which I have, and maybe you too, there's a difference between a believer who's dying and an unbeliever. Because a believer, is got, uh, they have dying grace. God gives them dying grace. And they're looking forward to seeing and being with their Lord Jesus. They've had enough of this life. They're ready to go. Get me out of here. I'm done. I remember I was with a lady. She was passing away. And she was like, had her eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. She was dying. She'd suffered tremendously in her body for years and years and years. And uh, she said, I can see Jesus. I said, what does he look like? She said, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. And then she passed. <laughs> One day we'll see him. Not because we deserve it. We don't. Not because we're good. We're not. Because of God's mercy. Who revealed his son to us by his grace. By his amazing grace. Amen. Amen. Let's close. Well, we're so grateful, Lord, that you did reveal yourself to us and what you suffered on that cross. The price that you paid to bring us to God, it was tremendous. It was horrendous. It was excruciating. The innocent one dying for us, the unjust. And we're so grateful that you did that. Help us to be appreciative each and every day and be thankful that because of your sacrifice, we'll never have to go through your wrath. We'll never have to stand before the great white throne judgment and be thrown into the lake of fire. I want to address you that are listening that are not Christians, true Christians. You've never been born again. You've never been saved. You don't want to go through the wrath, obviously. 
You don't want to be condemned because of the sins that you've committed, that you will commit, do commit. Jesus died for you because he loves you. Won't you receive him and believe and accept what the word of God says, believe it by faith, and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you so you can have peace on earth He'll take away the fear of death and he'll prepare a mansion for you when you leave this world. You've got a lot to look forward to, which is a wonderful thing if you receive Jesus as your savior. But if you do not and you choose to reject him, then uh, the wrath of God abides on you and you will suffer eternal death. I hope you make the right choice and believe, believe, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and is alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. And if you like this message, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. doesn't cost you anything. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.